No need to wait at all. Here's part three. I get to JD. That's another world. That's a whole nother world. Jeff Davis High School, Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, probably at the time that I went was probably the best high school in Montgomery. Uh, we had everybody from all over the fucking world at our school. Um, I remember in my 10th grade year, one of the first girls that was actually that I met that was a friend of me, she was from Miami, Florida. Um, turns out, I think she was actually from Tampa, but either way, she was from Florida. I ain't know, I ain't know nobody from no damn beach or nothing like that. Um, she was one of the first friends I had. Uh, I ended up getting suspended from school in like 10th grade, like early on, because I cussed the teacher out or some shit like that. Something happened, I ain't no cussing the teacher out. They suspended me for 10 days. Then they dropped it down to seven. So um, that was like one of the first friends I, I had in the 10th grade there. Um, it was another friend that I had. Uh, she was from Chicago, I think. I'm not sure. She was cool as fuck. Uh, a lot of the people who went to Brubaker, they, they made it to JD. Some went to a different school like Lee or, or Carver, some shit like that. Again, zoning. Um, I, I, and that's when I discovered like music. Um, I remember the guy that actually moved next door to me, um, me and him, we decided to, to do music because my next to the oldest brother, he was rapping. Um, his friend that was rapping with them who is actually still my close friend like a big brother to me to this day um and in Montgomery Alabama like everybody and their cousin was doing music at one point in time I'm talking about either you was rapping either you was making beats or, or something you know what I'm saying every everybody had something but when we decided to do music I decided that at first I was gonna make beats um I didn't know what the different world difference was between a producer and a beat maker but I was going to be basically a beat maker at first. And my partner that stayed next door to me, he was going to rap. So time went on and everything. And then I ended up getting into a program called Fruity Loops. Um, and I was making beats and shit on that. I didn't know what the fuck this, that, and the third was. But I literally self-taught myself how to use that program. And I was making beats and, and writing shit. And like every day when I would go to school, like I had this blue trapper keeper. Um, and for, for younger people out there, if you don't know what the fuck a Trapper Keeper is, man, look that shit the fuck up. That was like the best shit ever. It was like this fucking nylon, thick fucking zip up notebook that had all types of fucking pouches and covers and pencil holders and shit in it. Like it had all types of shit in it. And I had this thick ass Trapper Keeper and I would walk around with that shit day in and day out. That was my shit. You know what I'm saying? And I would write all types of raps. I would write. I remember one time, like I really, I sat down and I wrote down all my all my raps for an entire album. I had a, a whole album mapped out onto my intro to outro. I wrote down all that shit, every rap. I tried to make beats for all of that shit. My beats sucked ass, um, <laughs> but I st I stayed at it. You know what I'm saying? I, I started to get a clique of friends who wanted to do music too. So at JD, tenth grade, eleventh grade year, somewhere around there. Like we had a click, you know what I'm saying? It was me and like a few other guys and a female that could sing and she could rap. We had our own little click and that was our thing. Like we walked around with that shit. I think I called it, I called us Lost Souls Entertainment. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because I came up with that particular name. Cause like I said, I never really knew who I was or what I was trying to do with my life or what I wanted to be. So Lost Souls that, you know, it kind of fit. 
Um, I drew the logos. Uh, I, I wrote down albums. Uh, I told them that they need to write their shit and get better. Like I was really leading the pack. So in a way I was becoming a leader of something that I didn't know that I was becoming a leader of. And I, it was, I remember this one guy, man, him were really good friends and I was good friends with his sister too. Cause they were twins. And, um, I was telling them like, man, you need to stay out of trouble so we can stick to this rap shit so we can do something with this shit, man. And I used to go to do house and holler at him and keep him out of trouble and stuff. And his sister would tell me like every day at school, like he's still in trouble, this, that, and the third. You need to talk to him to try to get him to do this rap shit so he'll stay out of trouble. Um, it didn't really work out later in life, man. I don't I don't remember what happened to the dude. I hope I, I hope he's alive and doing better. But I know in high school, like we was really on that rap shit. Like that was our thing. And I know a lot of people in at JD, they were doing music too. Like I remember this one dude, like I guess he was from up north or something like that. I don't remember, but um him and his sister went to the school and they they family had money. So dude had a studio at his house. So I did music, but the popular kids that was into rap and shit like that, they used to go hang out at his house and do music and shit like that. And so because we wasn't in the in crowd and we was different, you know, we wasn't a part of that, which was fine. Because we were still our own clique, you know what I'm saying? We were like a clique of outcasts, which, which was fine. We that was that was us. That's what we did. Um, throughout high school, I, I ran ran into a lot of different issues, um, a lot of different things that actually, you know, I that still stick with me to this day. Uh, one being that I started dating a girl who um, was the baby mama of my then good friend. Like he was pretty much a best friend. This was one of the guys who I went to school with in junior high all the way up to high school. Um, I didn't know that this was his baby mama. I didn't know that, that her, her daughter in high school was his. I never knew. Uh, me and him, we fell out. We we was good friends, but we fell out because of her. And years later, he died in a car accident. Him and three other guys that I knew in that car accident. He died. Uh Two other guys that I knew died in that car accident as well, but me and this particular person was close. That hurt. That broke my heart because I never got a chance to actually talk to him and make that shit right. And I know at one point in time, the girl that I was dating, like years later, she said the same shit. Like she wished like hell we would have we would have made up because what like what me and that girl had, it wasn't real. We was just talking, dating or whatever. And she didn't want to break us up as friends. And we never got a chance to fix that shit. And that shit, that shit always stay with me all the time. Um, junior high was some of some of the best times that I can remember as far as having the best bonds with people. Um, if I knew, if I knew then what I know now about certain people, then shit would have been hella different. That's a fact. Um, I found out later in life that there were girls that had crushes on me that didn't know how to approach me or didn't want to talk to me because like I said, I wasn't in the in crowd. I was different. They just wanted to be loved and understood as well, but they kept fucking with idiots. They kept fucking with dudes that ain't, ain't really want to be with them. And all they really want to do was fuck them. This, that, and the third. And they knew I was different, but yet they didn't know how to approach that situation. Um, there was even a rumor started about me that I was gay because I stayed with the fresh hair dudes all the time. Um, I used to have plaques in my head, all types of shit. Uh, at junior high, I stayed around females a lot, but I had dudes that were my partners, so they knew. Like, we partners, this nigga's not gay. Like, if anything, he's probably fucking like six girls at this school. I wasn't, 
Again, I lost my virginity when I left high school, but in high school, a lot of motherfuckers thought I was doing shit. Um, so yeah, that that type of shit like always stuck with me, and I do. Uh, I remember, I remember the day that I left high school. That it was it was tears, like motherfuckers was crying, and I never I didn't understand that shit. Like one of my teachers was crying, and she was like, "Don't leave, like you need to keep trying." And I'm like. Bro, like, y'all don't understand. Like, before I got here, I was destined to fail. I was three and a half credits behind before I was even in the race. You know what I'm saying? I was behind in the race to graduate high school before I could even finish the fucking race. So I had already made up in my mind, I was out. I'm gone. I ain't coming here for another year for like a day and a half of my life. I'm not doing that shit. That's stupid. So I remember my my uh, my chemistry teacher, she was crying. I remember this girl... Um, uh, she was crying. Uh, this uh, this white girl. She was real, real pretty. She was quiet, and she was crying too. And she didn't want me to leave because I was like, at that time, I was like one of her only friends that she actually could talk to and be cool with. Again, outcast people that was not a part of the popular crowd. Shit like that. She was crying. Uh, it, it, two more teachers were kind of crying, and a couple of students were crying. Shit like that. So it was like, I'm like, man, like I don't see what y'all are crying for. Because at this point, like I said, I'm an outcast. I don't feel important anyway. I'm finna get the fuck out of here. But there's people that really cared about me and wanted me to stay. So that actually, that hurt my heart and broke my heart too. But I had already told my mama that I was leaving and I'm going to get my GED and I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I was going to do. That was that was the first time I actually told my mama. Like, I told her what I was going to do. It was set in stone. I was going to do it whether she liked it or not. And I was going to be something. But being in high school, was going. it wasn't going to do shit for me. So... Uh, 12th grade come around. I'm basically acting a fucking nut the entire time because I'm like, bro, I'm not, I'm not finna graduate. Um, a lot of the teachers that was there was telling me I wasn't gonna be shit in life anyway. I'm never gonna graduate. Uh, and back in my mind, I'm like, gee, you're you're right. I'm not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you think I'm a dummy? You think I'm an idiot? I'm gonna prove you wrong. Um, I passed all my exit exams on the first try. There were people in my school who made A B honor roll, um, A honor roll. They they retook the shit multiple times. I was in the top ten percent to pass the shit on the first try, and a lot of the teachers thought I cheated. And I'm like, bro, I didn't cheat. This shit is just not hard. I just don't want to be here because I'm not learning shit. And that was a big thing, and even shot the shit out of my mama. Um, I remember September September 11th. That happened. While I was in high school, that shit hurt like hell. Cause I remember the day that it happened, we were at school, and when it when it happened, it was right during the time where class was about to start, and every every TV was on in that school. That day, no one did work. No one, no one did any type of work that day. We didn't take a test. We didn't do a quiz. We didn't do shit. And when it happened. Every teacher was on the phone. They were on the on the phone somewhere calling somebody because a lot of teachers had family in New York. And um, that was the first time I ever seen a bunch of students cry. And it broke my heart, too, because I never experienced that on that level in my life. Like we're talking about hundreds of people dead in the blink of an eye. And I didn't know what the fuck a terrorist attack was on on American soil was until that day. So that shit stuck with me. Um, 
I have been to in my lifetime, I've been to a total of three proms. One of mine and two of the girl that I dated at that point in time. Um, the first one I went to, that was the first time I ever got to drive a car by myself. I drove her mom's car. Um, I had a relaxer in my head in, half straight. I actually had it curled up under my 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 uh my jawline and shit. I was fresh with my shit, man. I I didn't have on a typical prom suit. My shit didn't have a tie. My shit buttoned all the way up like Vampire in Brooklyn or some shit like that. I was dope. I was fly with my shit. Uh, I actually had that picture somewhere around, somewhere. Um, the girl at that time I was dating, my mama actually did her hair and I paid for her dress. Um, I had a job at that time. I bought and paid for all that shit. That's that was my that was the first prom. So I thought that's what we were supposed to do. So we uh, we we did that. Um, we went to the prom. It was dope. Had a good time. That was the first time I actually spent the night outside of the house and didn't necessarily get in trouble with it because of it. But the only reason I didn't get in trouble because her her mom called my mom and told her everything was fine. Like we, I spent the night at their house. Nothing happened. I just spent the night over there and went home like four o'clock in the morning. Um. Then the next prom, that was the prom where I bought, I had like, now, this was fly too. Like I, I had a, the braids on my head where I had one big braid and then one skinny braid and one big braid, one skinny braid. Then I had I wore a red, black. I it was really red and black, but I had a white shirt with a red tie. And the coat that I had, the overcoat that I had was like long as fuck down to my knees. Like that shit was dope too. Went to that prom. Um, I think the next prom after that, uh, yeah, that was the next prom after that. I vaguely remember that one. I don't know why I don't remember that one, but I vaguely remember it. Only thing I remember is that I wore, I had the, uh, I had the suit and I wore the suit, but I wore the button down and it was not all the way buttoned up. And I had on a black tie that wasn't all the way tied up. I had on a Atlanta Braves white hat with some all white, um, Air Force Ones. So if y'all, if you, if you can kind of see the outfit that I'm wearing, it was during that time, I think genuine was wearing shit like that it was a lot like that was a big thing so i i wore that to the prom and i know the girl mom was like she was pissed she was like you are not wearing that shit to the prom like that i was like man i'm fly like this is a new thing like this and the third and i remember she made me at least put on the shoes but i took the shoes off and put my apples ones back on when we got to the prom but um we did that um i stayed out for like two days for that shit because at that point i'm out of school she was still in school. I'm out of school. I had a full-time job at that point, working and everything. I paid for the rental car, paid for the room. I didn't come home for like two days. Um, That relationship, that broke me. Um, I'm going to rewind back just a little bit. So the guy that stayed next door to me, me and him, we, we were brothers. Uh, He ended up dating a girl that lived up the street from us on the next road up the street. He dated that girl. I dated that girl's cousin. So that's how all four of us became a clique. And we became a clique. We was a clique for like four years straight. Everything we did, we did together. Went out to eat, got hotel rooms, all types of shit. We did all of that shit together. Um, That relationship broke me because that was the first time I was actually in love. Really, really deep, really, really hard. And it ended so abruptly. And I didn't know what to do with myself. 
I remember after that, when I was like 19, I was, I was suicidal. I really was. I used to cut myself. I used to take aspirins like a motherfucker and I didn't need to take aspirins. I used to take them only because it, it would make me feel sleepy. So I would do that, but I was definitely cutting myself. I actually still got scars on my arms from when I used to just sit on the sofa and just cut myself with razor blades and knives and shit. And sometimes I would be in my room and I was just fucking scream because I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I, I would scream and I remember my mom telling me like one time she knew that I was hurting. She knew that I was going through something. She knew I was in pain, but she didn't know how to get through to me. She didn't know what to do because out of all her kids, I was the first one to experience heartbreak on that level. I didn't know what, like, I didn't know what to do with myself. She didn't know what to do with me. But so I don't blame her for not being there. I don't blame her for not knowing what to do at all because I didn't know what to do. Um, that was during the time where I, one day I was in such pain. I was hurting so bad. I I was sitting on the sofa cutting myself again. I had cut myself up some more. And um, I decided to go to a church that was like right up the street and around the corner. I decided to go to this church because at that point, like it had, we like she had broke up with me and it had been it had been a few months maybe we won't say six months and during this particular time I had tried everything to get this girl back she didn't want me no more I found out why which is not important but she didn't want me no more it was just just that simple she had I had I was older but she was younger than me but she had grew faster than me um, I'm not gonna really tell more of that story or that relationship because it's very very intimate. Uh, something happened in that relationship that still sticks to me to this day. And let's just say I do sympathize with victims of sexual abuse. I'll say that I, I sympathize with them. That's why I'm very, very protective of all the women in my life. Now I'm protective of people who I love and care about anyway, but the women in my life, especially like I will fuck one of y'all up over the women in my life. That's just, just, just that simple. Um, but yeah, um, I went to the church that was around the corner. Um, I didn't know what to do. I had no answers. They gave me answers. I'm not saying they were the wrong answers, but they gave me answers. And that did me good. So for the first time in my life, mind you, my dad's side of the family is heavily religious. My mom's side is kind of religious. Not so much as my dad's, but they... You know, we went to church off and on growing up, things of that nature. I was never religious until this point. I went to church two times a week, Wednesdays, Sundays. I I was given a Bible. I think I still have that somewhere around here. Now, it was a gift to me. It actually has my name on it. And it was a gift to me. And I keep it because I don't I keep it because it's a memento of someone who cared about me as a person. It wasn't about the religion. It wasn't about trying to be a Christian. It was nothing of that. They cared about me as a person and gave me something to help me and help me cope. So it wasn't about the religion because I'm not religious now at all. I, and I think I think for that point in time, I needed to be. But at the same time, it was a bad choice to choose a religion. It, was, it just wasn't a good idea, especially with the information and knowledge that I gained over the years, like being being in a part of a religion that's just not a good thing for me. But um, but yeah, I went to that church. Um, I learned a lot about myself. Um, I, I learned to care about myself again. I learned to love myself 
to a degree to where I knew that I was going to be okay. Um, and I went to that church for a while. And But during this time, I was still trying to do rap music too. So I didn't understand why a lot of people in the church were telling me that I don't need to be doing rap music or trying to perform at nightclubs and stuff because that's where the devil led this down the third. The only two people that never had a problem with this was the two. It was a husband and a wife. The ones that gave me that Bible, they were like, man, look, if that's what makes you happy and gives you peace, do that. They didn't necessarily agree with me doing it or the stuff that the, the content that I was rapping about, but they didn't they didn't necessarily say it was wrong either. They never said it was wrong. They never gave a hint that it was a problem. They knew that it gave me peace and made me happy. So that was like, look, you do you. Like what I know the husband told me, like we had a, a, a candid conversation, you know. He was like, Man, I still listen to Tupac, I still listen to Big, I listen to a lot of rappers. I just listen to the stuff with all the all the cussing and the sex stuff, all that is bleeped out. But they, he still listened to him too. So that's when I was like, okay, finally somebody gets me and somebody understands me to a degree. Um, during this particular time, between the age the age of nineteen and twenty one, I was, I was hoeing. I was out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had been through in that year and a half, two year time span before I met my wife. I had been through a lot of shit that the average person would look at like, what the fuck you trying to do? You trying to kill yourself? You trying to fuck yourself up? I, I did. I went through a lot of shit, man. I, I I experimented with fucking heavy drugs. Like I've tried X before. Um, I was drinking uh, a good bit. You know what I'm saying? I like it wasn't on the daily, but every weekend I was drunk as fuck out of my mind every weekend, no matter what. Uh, so I tried X. I, I, I've drank alcohol like a motherfucker. Um, I was still trying to do rap music. The, one of the guys that was in the group that, that we had, he, like I said, he's still like a big brother to me to this day. I actually just talked to him on the phone like yesterday. If I'm not mistaken, it was yesterday or either Saturday. So he's still in my life and he's always been a positive influence in my life. He's never steered me wrong, never fucked me over, never told me nothing stupid, never. He's always been like a positive reinforcement in my life at all times. Everything we've been through, uh, even with music, like we've, we've bumped heads before, but man, he's always been solid with me. He's always been thorough with me. And I, I'm, I always appreciate, and I love the shit out of him for that, man, because outside of my brothers and my sister, like I've never had bonds like that to last me this long. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that I can truly say that bond is the only one that has last me from a teenager up to my adult years and I'm finna be 36 in a couple weeks and dude has always been solid with me he know who he is you know what I'm saying eventually he's gonna hear this and he gonna know exactly who I'm talking about and that's that's what I mean like when I, when it comes to like just somebody who understands me and gets me you know what I'm saying um he's still in my life now um we did we did rap music for a while um every everybody in my grandma and their cousin did rap music made beats um, I've I've rubbed elbows with the best of them out of this city. Um, I I do regret to a degree doing doing music because on one hand it was a, a complete giant waste of time. I, I wasted a, a a whole portion of my life on that shit. Um, on the other hand, it's like I learned a lot of shit from it too. That's how I ended up, you know, with knowing the knowledge that I know from 
TV and movies and 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 stuff like that, and and learning how to do more shit and uh, software programs, things of that nature. All of that shit. All that everything in my life, in one way or another, one stemmed from my creative creative writing or music. And I really, I really wish that I would have focused more on myself because again, that goes back to trying to be understood, being an outcast, things of that particular nature. And when I finally found something that made me feel good about myself, it made me feel awesome about myself. I was at home on the stage. I was, I was a performer. That's what I did. When I made beats, I wrote hooks. I created songs like that. That made me, I, I knew that's who I was. And it was another, I'm not going to say relationship. It was a situation. She'll put it like that. And I should have knew it was bullshit because I was like the, maybe like the second or third person to fuck that girl that day. Didn't know it until after. Um, that situation ended up, I, I mean, I, I could have, I could have been beat the fuck up, shot, all types of shit. And like I said before, I'm a square. I'm a lame. I like being that way. But the older I got, the more I had to develop a chip on my shoulder to show people, okay, I might be a square in a lane, but if you try me, I will go in your shit. Like, absolutely. Like, I do everything I can to avoid violent situations and bullshit. I really do. Because I know once that switch flips, there is no turning that bitch to fuck off. You're going to get everything coming to you and then some. Because of this particular situation has made me into the person that I am. Like I said, I was like third person to fuck this girl that day. She was bad. I ain't care. That shit turned into her baby daddy coming from wherever he came from with his partners looking for me, trying to do something to me. I'm hiding all in the closets and shit. This nigga know where my mama stay. They came up to my job. I ain't know it was him, all this type shit. Mind you, we not dating. Man, this chick was just kicking it. I fucked her like one time. We was just kicking it. And it came to a head one night outside of the club. We were performing that. We had performed that night. And um, dude, I guess they had talked or whatever. It was trying to say everything was cool. I don't fucking know. I didn't really care. Um, this same guy who's like a, a fucking brother to me to this day, like this nigga, like let's just say that situation turned into the shit could have been like some shit in fucking Afghanistan for real. Like that's when I learned, like, okay, this my this is like my brother, like this nigga really really ride for me for real because I was literally standing out. This nigga, the, the dude had a gun in the car, he had a pistol on him. I didn't have one, but I'm standing out talking to this nigga straight up, like, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? Like, this that's your that's your chick. She's not mine. You know what I'm saying? We we weren't even together, and I could have easily been shot. But again, I had people around me that cared about me and really fucked with me the long way. So that same nightclub is where I met my now wife. Um, we are we have been together. I don't know how long now. It's been a long time. We've been together since 2007. Here it is, 2021. We'll be married this year, five years. Um, I gave y'all like the short version of a lot of shit because I can't really go into detail about a lot of shit because if I do, 
it will reveal way too much information and a lot of people will catch up on that shit and that's not what I want to happen. I'm just trying to give you guys a sense of why I am the man who I am today and why that why I'm not okay and it's okay for me to not be okay because even with me being with my wife and us being together this long even with us being together this long like I still had to become a better human being I had to become a better man for her not for my own sake I had to do it for her because I knew in my heart I was fucked up there was no fixing a lot of shit that's wrong with me but I had to learn to cope with that shit and I had I had been growing my hair since I was 13. I cut my hair when I was like 23, maybe 22. I don't know. Um, I had my hair for a long ass time and I cut it off. My hair was pretty long and I cut it off. That was one change that I had to make. I cut that shit, slapped the fuck off. Um, I have been in situations with my wife that makes me question my own sanity only because I... I didn't know how to deal with my own anger issues and my own sadness. Um, I, I just didn't know. And I'm, I'm thankful and I'm absolutely grateful that this woman stuck with me through all of this time. Like y'all, y'all don't understand. Like it's only a handful of people that really understand the shit that me and my wife have been through. And she's still with me like that means something to me like i don't care what nobody say when you build a bond with somebody on a spiritual level that becomes your life partner you don't fuck that up like i'm i'm telling y'all like straight the fuck up like don't fuck up what you have all because you don't know how to control your emotions and deal with what you got going on within yourself i feel your pain i'm with you a thousand percent I understand you. I get you. But you're not alone. Don't burn bridges that don't need to be burned at all. Because eventually you're going to have to cross some of them motherfuckers again. And my wife is just that person for where I just like I, I think back on all the time we've been together, man. And a lot of the shit we'd have been through. And I, I, I beat myself up a lot about it. Like she she probably don't see it or, or know about it. But I do. I beat myself up a lot about it. And. I do have these moods to where my mood changes. Um, that's part of me not being okay. I know I have anxiety issues. I might have depression issues. I don't know. But I know one thing, like saying and doing, that's two different things. It really is. It truly is. But the more that I know that this woman is still with me after all of these years, that tells me that I did something in my life right. Out of all the shit I've just talked about, all the shit that I done been through in my entire fucking life, there's only a handful of things that I did right. There's only a handful of people that's still in my life outside my immediate family. And when I say a handful, like I can literally count them with one or two fingers cut the fuck off, like for real. And my wife is probably the number one thing that I've done right in my entire life. She was with me the day that I decided that I wasn't going to church no more because that day in church, a lot of people feel like I'm lying or I'm making this shit up. No, that day, I remember the, 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 the pastor was preaching and he was, I remember exactly what he was saying because it always resonates with me. A lot of people like to get down on their knees and pray 
and pray to God for a miracle and things in that particular particular nature. And they do it without knowing that you can pray all you want to, but prayer without action is nothing. You got to learn to look in the mirror sometimes. And that's when I started, like, those, those are the times where I remember, like, man, like a lot of the shit that, that I'm going through right now, I, it's self-inflicted. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did this shit to myself. You know, some of it is not to beat myself up about it. Some of it is to beat myself up about it. Like, part of me wish I never would have lost my virginity to the girl I lost it to under those circumstances, period, point blank. It's just, that's just facts. I can't help who I fell in love with. I was deeply in love with her. I, I don't care for her now. Like, I don't care nothing about her. Like, I don't give a fuck if she live forever or die this very second, if we being fucking truthfully honest. You know what I'm saying? I really don't care. You know what I'm saying? Because over the years, I've learned that if I fuck with you, I fuck with you. If I don't, it's fuck you. That's simple. And loving my wife has just been, a, a, it's, it's been a, a complete journey. I, I, I hope it never ends. You know, I'm I'm in a stage in our, in our relationship, in our marriage, where I'm learning to not just love her better, but love her differently. Because a lot of people say that, you know, you got to learn how to love somebody and you got to be able to stay in love with somebody and fall back in love and all of that stuff. You don't necessarily have to do all of that shit. If you love somebody already, okay, that's cool. But you need to learn to love somebody differently. It's a different way to love somebody. It's not the same. It's never going to be the same. I that. I'm never going to love my wife nowhere how I loved her five years ago. It's going to increase. It's going to get better. It's going to be, it's going to change up. It's going to mold into something different because we grow as people. It's just that simple. I love my wife more now than I did the first day that I said it. That's just a fact. That's, and it changes over time. So I'm learning to love her differently and love her better. But at the same time, I'm learning how to love myself differently and learn to love myself better because I have put myself in a lot of stupid situations that did not need to happen. I put myself in a lot of things like just shit that just didn't need to happen. It's a lot of shit that I left out too, but I can't, like I said, I can't go into detail about it because a lot of people is going to pick up on it. But I say that to say this, it's okay to not be okay. How you deal with not being okay is entirely up to you. But it starts by telling yourself, I'm not okay. And that's okay. It starts with that. Positive energies, positive vibes to everybody listening, anybody who it is. It's your boy B. Chuck. I'm signing out.